we've been highlighting what we're uh, have the opportunity to do really around the world uh, together. Uh, and if you give here to Action Church, uh, that, that uh, video is actually a couple months old uh, with John Maxwell and the International Nonprofit Equip. We've actually seen 1.1 million people give their life to Jesus in the last five years. Uh, and it's really cool. This Beyond Success Seminar, uh, John uh, teaches uh, secular conferences, 10, 15, 20, 30,000 people. And then he gets to the end and says, if you really want to know uh, how I'm successful, again, it's business, men and women. If you want to know the secret to my success, it's beyond success and it's happening tomorrow. Uh, and he says, hey, just to warn you, it's faith-based. And he really, no frills, no worship, just shares his testimony. And just at those seminars, over 1.1 million people have given their life to Jesus in five years. And it's really incredible. So if you give here, thank you. Uh, we get to do so much together in our communities, in our three locations, in our city. But we really are impacting millions of people uh, around the world. And we're a legacy partner with them. You say, why do we give so much money every single year? It's because 1.1 million people were going to hell and now are going to heaven. So thank you for that. One more cool thing. They have a program called I Lead, and it's kind of the new wave of what we're doing together. Uh, and 648 schools uh, and hundreds of those in America are getting a faith-based, without it being faith-based curriculum, a values-based curriculum called I Lead, in which John and the team have taken uh, things from Proverbs, basically, and put it into a leadership curriculum in public schools. And so we're not only reaching people by the millions, but now thousands, hundreds of thousands of students are getting a values-based curriculum. How many you know some of our schools need some different values in Jesus' name. And so really, really grateful for what we get to do together. A couple things before we get into week 47 of Uncommon. Uh, we, it's been the longest series we've ever done. We're heading into year 11 uh, of the church. We celebrate 10 years in January and really feel like this season uh, is a season for us to challenge ourselves to, to really go to the next level in the, the next decade. There's some things that we did in year one through nine that were amazing, but the next decade, God has some, some new things for us, some uncommon things. And this has been a collection of, of messages really challenging us to live differently. We're gonna get there uh, in just a moment. We've got an Action Church Christmas coming up. Come on, make plans for an Action Church Christmas. We've got 13 services happening, uh, nine here uh, at Winter Park on the 21st or the 24th, and then two at our Oviedo location and two at our Sanford location as well. We do have priority seating again. Come on, it's a free ticket. Go online today. They will fill up especially the primetime services. So go and get your free priority seating, gets you in 30 minutes uh, uh, before anybody else, 30 minutes before service. That way we can guarantee you a seat. If by chance you procrastinate like I probably would and wait six weeks, we will try and make room for you, but can't guarantee it uh, without that seat. So you got 13 options. And I just wanna challenge you. I know Pastor Eddie talked about it earlier. I really believe uh, this Christmas season, uh, I really believe hundreds of people are gonna meet Jesus for the first time. And there are people that you know uh, that we don't know. And I believe an invitation uh, to just a, a Christmas tradition, a candlelight service, bribe them, lie to them, bait and switch them, just get them in the door and we're gonna have a blast and, and they're, they're gonna meet Jesus. Last thing before we get uh, into the message today is, is our expansion season. Uh, we, we seek God this time of year, and we ask him what he would have us do beyond our normal returning of our tithe to him, how he would call us to give over and above our tithe, to expand our ability 
to reach and connect people. And I'm gonna be talking about over the next few weeks some of the things we're doing uh, with that offering. We usually raise between one and $2 million in that offering uh, in, in December. And this year, uh, God has called us, it's a year of sowing for us. We really are believing for uh, future schools, future property for our Oviedo location. We really believe this year is a year of sowing. So we've actually prayed about and decided to give away the first $250,000 this year to some of our, our partners. And so, <clears throat> so I'm really uh, expecting of what God's gonna do as we seek him. And we always say in this season, we just want you to ask God what you and your family, uh, how you and your family will be a part of this. And we'll trust that he's gonna speak to you. You're gonna obey that. And we are gonna reach and connect a lot of people because of your generosity and your obedience. Uncommon discipline. Last week we talked about peace. I felt like it was a little break in this series, a little, man, I felt better. You felt better. We got a little stress relief, a little anxiety relief. Hopefully God brought some comfort to your situation. Well, today is not one of those Sundays. Today's we're talking about uncommon discipline. And I've never been disciplined where I thought it was fun in the moment. And I've never started new habits, new disciplines, do eating regiments or exercise regiments or spiritual disciplines and thought, oh, this is so enjoyable, but God is calling us to an uncommon, an uncommon discipline in which we put some things in our life that produce different things. The idea is that we live our life based off of our values over our preference, opinions, and passions, that we have this set of values and then we have this uncommon discipline or habits that we put in our life that then produce the results as we live a value-based life. There's two things I want to talk about and compare and contrast before we get into the practical today. This idea of a, of a common discipline, we could settle for control. We could settle for control. What I want to talk about today is an old school, come on, I remember being like fifth grade Sunday school in my small Baptist church. I want to talk about uncommon discipline, the idea of consecration. Come on, nobody's talked about consecration probably in your whole life. I had to look up what the word meant this week. You know, like consecration, it's, it's the difference in securing for yourself and giving away of yourself. It's the difference of, of holding on or releasing control to God. Romans 6 has it like this. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. Give yourselves completely to God. We talked about last week, I even shared with you my personal struggle. I, I'm a compartment guy. Like I got compartments of things that I can do and that God can do. And this idea of uncommon discipline in this area is completely giving ourselves to God. For you were dead, but now you have a, a new life. So use your whole body, use all of your mind, all of your, your, your strength. Every part of you is an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. And to do that, we're going to need some uncommon discipline. It's not natural for you and I to do the right thing. It's not natural for you and I to have the right list of priorities and disciplines. We need God's help. I want to make sure that we don't hear a message like this. I've been so careful to make sure that we present this in such a way that it's not legalism or control. Because when I talk about discipline, you could get focused, if, if I do this, then I get this. And that's control. It's this idea, so that the, the outcomes will look the same because I believe that, that healthy disciplines will produce 
blessing in your life, but we don't do it because we have to, or we don't do it for what we get. Consecration, giving our life to Jesus, being consecrated before the Lord, is because we got some, because we got and received something, now we do something. It is the opposite. It's the same result, but the opposite motive. It's not that I, get, I do something to get. It's because I've gotten everything that I need from God. It produces a different way to live in me. Write this down. Control. Control yields anxiety. Come on, I gotta get up, I gotta work out, I gotta eat, I gotta pray, I gotta, I gotta go to church. Control, when it's, when it's that legalistic mindset, it produces anxiety. It's this idea of, I got this. I got this. I, I, I'll take this. And when you, when you take it, you're responsible for the results. That produces anxiety and stress. I got this, but consecration yields comfort. Comfort, because God's got this. God's got my life. God's got my family. God's got my relationships. I'm not in control. He is. That's why we cannot settle for just discipline so that we get the right results. We've got to find uncommon disciplines because this is not results-based. It's relational-based. I'm not trying to get results. I'm trying to get a healthier relationship, a closer relationship. Psalm 51, verse 17, the sacrifices of God or a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise that when we bring him our sacrifice and our surrender. Romans 12, if you've been in church, it's a familiar verse. But I wanna read it to you. I really think it's this idea of consecration, or how we actually worship, how we actually live out a, an uncommon life. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, that we are giving of ourselves, not for a reward, not because we have to, not because we're obligated to, that my whole life, because of what Jesus has done for me, is lived as a, a living sacrifice, that I am no longer my own. I am no longer in control. I am no longer leading my own life. I am living it as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. By the way, the only way <clears throat> that your disciplines, the only way that your behavior, the only way that your life is wholly acceptable to God is if it's lived as a living sacrifice because it's no longer you that lives, but Christ that lives in you. There's nothing you can do that I'm talking about today apart from a relationship with Jesus that can be wholly and acceptable. Right. We cannot be wholly acceptable without a relationship with him. Right. Check out this last line, which is your spiritual act of worship. Our spiritual act of worship. Worship is so much more than just raising your hands, clapping, singing, dancing. All of those are listed in the book of Psalms. All of those are appropriate ways to worship God. But how you treat people is your spiritual act of worship. How you live day to day is your spiritual act of worship. How you forgive, how you love those that don't love you, how you respond, how you react. It's a, different, it's a disciplined life to live a consecrated life that I'm not gonna just worship here on Sunday for 25 minutes, that my whole life is a spiritual act Amen. of worship. How, how do we consecrate our life? We're gonna get to the, the practice. How do we consecrate our lives? We remove distractions and focus on things that matter. I wrestle with this thought most of the week in my preparation. The closer I get to his glory, the less I care about me. 
The closer I get to God's glory, the closer I get to his presence, the more it's about him, the less it's about me. And so when I leave those times, when I, when I leave some of the things I'm gonna talk about, these disciplines that, I, that I'm praying that you put into your life, it's impossible for me to be focused on me when I've spent time with him. Uncommon discipline is a part of becoming a disciple. You cannot become the disciple that God is calling you to be without some uncommon disciplines. Two, two overarching themes I wanna practically touch on where we need uncommon discipline. The first one is uncommon discipline with our health and with our time. <clears throat> with our health and with our, our time. Proverbs 16, nine, in their, their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. We've been reading in 1 Peter that we are temporary residents. In Hebrews, it says we are a mist, a vapor, here today and gone tomorrow, that we need to have some uncommon disciplines with our time because our time is important. I need you to know we are not in control of our time. I don't know how long you're gonna be here. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. I don't know how long I'm gonna be here or you're gonna be here. You are not in charge of how long, but you are responsible for how you spend it and invest it. We need to have an uncommon discipline when it comes to the priorities of life and in our time. First Corinthians talks about our health. It says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? It was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. And that's why our world in, in this day and age struggles with Christianity because we, we want the world, our, our, our flesh, our, our own nature wants to be in control. I'm in charge. Here's what I think. Here's what I feel. And the Bible, all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, it is clear that we belong to God, that he's in charge and we're not, that when we have a difference of opinion, we're wrong and he's right. We submit. Like, that, that is the, the, the thing. That is the, the way this thing is laid out. Uncommon discipline with our health and our time. Hebrews 6 says this, verse 1 through 3. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go instead and become mature in our understanding. That, that's what this Uncommon series has been about. Let, let us make sure we get the basics down because eventually there, there's more for us to do. There's more of, of God for us to understand and experience. There's more for us to accomplish uh, in our calling. Let us mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. But before we do that, we gotta have a foundation of discipline. I'm trying to get us a foundation so we can take some steps forward. And with our health and with our time, I wanna ask you, how are you doing? How are you doing with your discipline? Because no relationship grows without strategic investment. No relationship. Which means we've got to have some disciplines as the foundation. Now, disciplines aren't always fun. I want to jump on some, some physical disciplines and some spiritual disciplines today. Like, how are you eating? Oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Come on, Thanksgiving week. Uh-oh. Great timing. Watch it, Pastor. Yeah. I'm not asking you to just eat salad bars and smoothies. I'm just saying maybe we should take a little bit of care of the temple. Come on, some of you have cheat meals. Some of you need to introduce a health meal. Just, just, once, just, just, just start somewhere. You need to have some discipline when it comes to, 
to your diet. God can't bless some things that we're doing. Like on Thursday, God, just thank you. Thank you for this pumpkin pie. This graham cracker crust and this more whipped cream than is humanly consumable. and All nutritional value left this pumpkin three hours ago. God, thank you for pecans or pecans, however you like to pronounce it. And I thank you for chocolate, red velvet. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just bless this and nourish my body. He can't bless that. There's nothing in that. There's no ingredients in there that he can bless. I'm trying to get us to put some disciplines in our life to give God access to bless some things. How's your rest? Does your family get the worst of you? You're always tired? Man, if you're grumpy in the morning and at night, you need some more rest. Pastor, I don't have time. You watched five episodes of that Netflix series last night. You got some time. We need to have some uncommon disciplines when it comes to our rest. What about your exercise? Come on, I'm not, I'm not trying to get you on Ironmans. I'm just trying to get you to be able to walk to the mailbox without getting out of breath. Are we ready to do what God calls us to do when he calls us? Some physical disciplines. We need some, some spiritual disciplines. We are a vessel that God is calling us to use, and so we are not just physical beings. We are spiritual beings. Here are some spiritual disciplines. How's your prayer life? First time you prayed in a long time, gonna be Thursday when you bless the food because your family knows you're the only Christian at the table. <laughs> By the way, if I come over to your house, every time I go eat with somebody, like, well, you, Pastor, do you wanna pray? No, I pray for a living. You pray. Let's hear how you're doing. <laughs> come on, how's your personal worship? Not just 25 minutes of songs on a screen. Like, are you inviting God into to your life? There's, there's something that happens when we worship. And we'll talk about gathering in just a second, but there's something that happens when, when we bring what we're carrying and we put it at the feet of Jesus, when we bring the issues that are so big and so heavy to us, but then we, we talk about the, the greatness and the goodness of God and we connect with him. I have never, and I know that you've probably walked through way tougher stuff than I have, but I have never brought something I'm struggling with, with God, something heavy and walked out anything but lighter. I may not have the answers, I may not have the solutions, I may not even have the next steps, but I have a difference in how I feel in perspective because I've worshiped. How's your worship? Come on, how's, how's your word? How's your Bible reading? God's not speaking, but the Bible's in a drawer, on a shelf. Come on, you need more of the word of God than what's just on the screens here and what I read to you. This is a snack, it's an appetizer. Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and evil rulers in this dark world. You cannot fight the battles that are coming your way with your own devices, with your own opinions, with your own thoughts, with your own words. God's word is a weapon, but we have to know his word to be able to utilize it in our, in our struggle. You need the word of God on, on the inside of you. We need the word of God. We, we need to gather. We need to gather together. I'm gonna give you a break and not yell at the people online this service because there's nobody online, but you're here, so you got it. There's an importance in the gathering of believers. 
Do not forsake the gathering of believers. There's something that happens when we come together in small groups and Sunday mornings and encounter nights and worship nights at your homes. There is something that happens when faith is in the room where there is more than just you. And I'm not saying your personal relationship with God is not important, but you are called to be a part of the body of Christ. You get that, you're here. Fasting. Oh, God, I hate fasting. Can we just raise our hand and just have a moment? Does anybody else hate fasting? Come on, it's okay. My hand's up, two hands up. I hate it, but it's a spiritual discipline that we need. We do it every uh, January, and we're gonna fast, and I want you to be praying about what God would have you lay down, consecrate, give up, give to him, sacrifice, and what are you believing for? And I don't know about you, but I, but I and, and commit to it. Anybody else like me, like God speaks so quickly on the fast. Seven-day fast, I hear from God day one and a half. God, thank you for doing in 36 hours what I thought was gonna take you seven days. Anybody wanna go to Chick-fil-A? We good? We good? Everybody good? God already, my whole prayer list, won't he do it? The last spiritual discipline that I want us to get and the transition to our next point is the spiritual discipline of giving. Giving. Nobody's leaving right now. It's good. Last service, best service. Had a couple people leave first and second service. Martha, get your purse. We're getting out of here. They're talking about giving. Actually, I'm not talking about giving today. That'll be in three weeks on Expansion Sunday. What I'm talking about today is uncommon discipline with your finances. And we're going to talk about tithing, but tithing's not giving, it's returning. So today we're going to talk about returning in obedience. We're going to talk about what it looks like to live a life of uncommon discipline when it comes to our finances. And you've heard this before if you've been in church, but I know we have a lot of new people and I wanna remind some of you because this is a, a struggle for, for a lot of us. We, you need to be living at least on a Christian budget, which is 10, 10, 80. Write that down, 10, 10, 80. 10% to God, that's not yours. That's why it's not generosity because you can't be generous with somebody else's money. So you can't give away what's not yours. And so I, I'm generous, not until you've returned to God what's his because that's not yours. Second part, oh, thank you, Awesome. Four tithers, everybody else like, I'm leaving. Okay. Last service, best service, just stay to the end. I'll just pretend we're all friends and we'll see you in heaven. 10% to God, 10% to you. Come on, your AC is going out in July. Never in January, it's going out in July. Come on, your engine's gonna blow. I'm not prophesying over your life. There are, there are things in our life that are unexpected. Make sure you are investing in your future as well and then live off of the rest. 10, 10, 80. I wanna talk about tithing today because it's important because it is. It is the test of your and my trust in God. That's why I want to talk about consecration because it's giving God access to all of our life. And I'm just here to tell you that if you don't, if you don't trust him with all of it, the Bible kind of says that we don't trust him with any of it. Like either he's in control or we're in control. And he doesn't need it. God owns everything. And can I just be really honest with you? We don't need it either. Power bill's paid. Partners are resourced. We can do everything we're doing with what's happening right now. But you need it. Your relationship with God will never be as healthy and fulfilling as it can be if you don't give him access to all of your life. 12 of you, we're growing, we're growing. I love this. 
Malachi 3, I'm gonna read, this is a familiar, familiar verse. If you've been in church, you've heard it. You think I'm gonna start in verse 10, and I wish that I could, but God brought me back to verse six. It's not better, it's worse. We're gonna talk about bringing all the tithes into the storehouse today, and we usually start in verse 10, and as I was reading verses six through nine, I realized why most pastors start at verse 10. It seems, it seems a little harsh at verse 10, but you, you're not gonna believe what verse six through nine says. I am the Lord, and I do not change. He doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's not, not changing. That's, his, his principles aren't changing. His truth's not changing. His character's not changing. I don't care what doctrine, what TikTok, what Instagram you listen to that's trying to evolve our, our Lord and Savior. He doesn't need to evolve because he's perfect. He's not changing because he's infinite and he's perfect. I am the Lord and and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed ever since the days of your ancestors. You've scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I'll return to you. That is such good news, by the way. James, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So many times we drift, we, we struggle, we fall away, we doubt, and, and we make mistakes, and we drift just like the people of Israel. They're, they're really uh, uh, showing us really our relationship with God. He's not just talking to them, he's talking to you, but he's saying, if you'll return to me, I'll return to you because I never left. I never changed. I stayed the same, but you ask, how can we return? Well, we've never gone away. We always like to blame something else. Verse eight, should people cheat God? It's a question. Yet you've cheated me, but you ask, what do you mean? When do we ever cheat you? You've cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You're under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Now verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in the temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Look at this statement. God, to you and to me. Try it. Put me to the test. One of the only, if not the only time in scripture, God says, do this, test me. Because this is the last step of you giving away full control of your life. So many of you are so close to Jesus being the Lord of your life. But if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And he's saying, test me. And I promise you, I'm only 39 years old, but I've never seen somebody test God in this area and they did not come out of this with more trust. Not one time, not one time. We're gonna talk about what that produces in just a moment. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them and from insects and disease, your grapes will not fall from the vines before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Just test him. Just test him. Well, I've been pretty good without it, Pastor. I got a lot of money. You may be rich, but you're not blessed. You may be wealthy, but you ain't happy. I've met a lot of wealthy, unhappy people. I've never met an unhappy, generous person. Not once. They said, God, I trust you with everything. 
You see people walking through this world with nothing. You see these people walking through this world without and struggling and hurting in their body or in their family. But God, if, you, if you've given God, if you've consecrated, if you trust him with everything, you don't know how, you don't know when, you don't know what's gonna happen. You just know I can get through this because I've given God access to everything. 18 people, good, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing. First Timothy chapter six, this is why. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. Have you ever thought about the idea that you didn't create yourself? Like the things that you're good at? Now I'm not saying you haven't had discipline and you haven't grown and you haven't worked at it and you haven't gotten better, but everything that's put on the inside of you, all of the good ideas, all the creativity, all the strengths, God put those in there, but not just for you, but for everybody else. Now, I'm just talking to Christians for a second. So if you're, if you're in here and you're a part of the harvest we talked about a few weeks ago, if you're healing, you're hurting, you need a break, you're resting, or you don't know Jesus, I'm not talking to you, but can you think just for a minute how selfish and entitled and ungrateful we are to be given all of these things and then not ever do anything with them? We basically just say, God, thank you, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna keep this. This is a stewardship issue. This is an access issue. This is a trust issue. This is an obedience issue. Come on, the early church got this. Acts 2 says they gathered in temples and home to home and they shared and gave everything that they had. And you know what the result of that was? God added to the number daily those that were being saved. They went to church on Sunday. They gathered in small groups. They saw needs and they met needs. They gave of themselves for a higher purpose. They weren't selfish, they were selfless. And can I just call you, you to pray about if that is the type of church you wanna be a part of because that's the type of church we're gonna be. I wanna be an Acts 2 church, not an America 2023 church. I got no interest in gathering thousands of consumers. People that will contribute. You're a part of a body. And a body needs every part to be healthy and fulfilled. And we want you to fulfill that here. Every, every believer just did what they could do. Pastor, I don't have a lot. That's fine. Use what you, you're not gonna be held responsible for what you don't have. You're gonna be held responsible for what you did with what God gave you. An Acts 2 type church. Here's what I wanna close and I wanna make sure we get. I want you to hear very clearly. We're not a prosperity gospel type church. I, I don't believe, I don't believe we as the created can ever obligate the creator to anything. So I don't, I don't give to get. I don't, what I'm saying is principles, principles are in this earth and they, they produce some things, but we can't worship the, the principle. We have to worship the the person of Jesus because if we're not careful, we'll get to this discipline message and we'll say, if I give, then I get. If I serve, then, I, then I'm gonna be, be blessed. And I believe you will be blessed, but I don't know how, when, or where. Like oftentimes we think if I give this, I'm gonna reap this. And if I serve here, then my family's gonna do this. What I know is if you don't, God won't bless. So if you give, God has the opportunity to bless. If you invest in your 
physical disciplines, if you eat better and walk to the mailbox and, and rest a little bit more, God can't, God can't bless the pumpkin pie. But he can, he can bless what you give him. God cannot bless the things that we don't give him. So I'm just asking us as a church to give him access to everything. God, have my mind. God, have my body. It's a, it's a temple of your Holy Spirit. Like, I don't, I don't need to be perfect. I just want to be healthier. God, have my actions. God, have my time. You know, the biggest... The biggest challenge to this is that we'd have to rearrange some things for this to happen. That's the biggest pushback, Pastor. I'd have to, I'd have to change some things. As a Christian, if your only pushback is you have to rearrange your life for God to be the center of it, then we miss something way before just serving and giving. We miss something in the relationship. I believe God is calling us this week to seek him, to fill in that blank and to say, what am I gonna give to you that I've never given to you before? I'm gonna rearrange my priorities so that you're at the center, so that my disciplines, my time, my investment, it does revolve around you and not around me. I just want you to ask God, I don't know which one's for you. Some of you got the, the tithing, the obedience thing. Some of you need to treat people differently. Some of you need to treat yourself differently. I don't know what it is. I just want you to take it to God. And I'm gonna trust if you actually consecrate yourself before him and say, God, have access to everything. I'm believing way more than a sermon. And the Spirit of God is gonna speak to you. And I'm just gonna ask and pray for you that you'd have the strength and the courage and the faithful obedience to walk out whatever God tells you to do. I'd love to pray for you this afternoon. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes. God, thank you for your word today. I thank you. I thank you that we're leaving differently because we've met with you. Challenge us. God, challenge us to be uncommon, to stand out, to live differently because of all that we receive from you. 12 o'clock, every head bowed, every eye closed. I wanna give you an opportunity this afternoon, like we do every single Sunday, to start or to restart a relationship with Jesus. I believe that word consecration was for you today. As I was praying about our services this weekend, I really felt like that verse in Romans as we went from death to life was for, for many of you, that this is your day of salvation, that you came here this weekend, maybe not knowing why, but God had a divine appointment for you to start a relationship with his son, Jesus. Let me be very clear, we've talked around it. Jesus, the perfect son of God, the second part of the Trinity, left his throne and made himself a servant. Philippians 2 says he came and lived a perfect life because you and I could not. He had to do that because you and I as unholy people could never be reconciled to a holy God. So he lived perfectly because we couldn't. He died a sinner's death, not because he, because he had sinned, but because we had, and our sin eternally separated us from God. So he stood in the gap. His sacrifice on the cross gives us access to mercy, grace, forgiveness, our very salvation. The victory that comes from his resurrection, we have victory over sin and victory over the grave, that, de that death has lost its finality. Our job, Romans 10, is to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. 
That word Lord is important because that's control. That's surrender. He is the leader we are not. We belong to Him. He is your Savior. He is your friend. But to start a relationship, you have to get the order correctly, that you're submitting to His leadership. If that's you this afternoon for the very first time, or maybe you've grabbed the reins of control, you've settled for right living instead of a relationship, some right responses, but not a right posture. And you're not starting this afternoon, you're restarting your relationship with him. I'd love to pray for you as well. Either one of those two, say, Pastor Justin, count me in. I, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I, I'm consecrating my life to his leadership. Would you raise your hand right where you are? And say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Got you right in the middle, man. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. A couple in the stadium, yes, ma'am. Got you, man. Two or three more in the back, whole row up there, yep. It's awesome. You can put your hands down. I'm so proud of you. Always honored to share this moment. Really believe it's the best decision you can make in your life. If you raised your hand, would you pray this in your heart as I prayed out loud? Say this, say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you. God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And I repent of those sins. Jesus, have your way in my life. I do confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. And I give you that place. God, I pray for all of us this afternoon. I pray, I pray that you speak to us this week. Give us clear direction, clear direction. And then I pray that we would have the faith to obey. We love you. We thank you for meeting us here this afternoon. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody at 12 p.m. said amen. And amen. Can we celebrate the 12 or 15 decisions that were just made? Come on, really celebrate them.